Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. We've got an incredible broadcast lined up today. I believe the Holy Spirit has got some things to say. But before I go any further, I need to confirm with my brother, Mark. Mark, are we coming through loud and clear on Blog Talk Radio? If so, would you please press the one uh, tab on your phone? And let's just have a quick little dialogue here this morning. So if you could, dear brother, uh, if you hear me loud and clear, press the one on the dial pad and we'll have a quick conversation uh, just to confirm for what is happening here today. All right. So, Brother Mark, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you okay. Um, the signal kind of drifted in and out there for a minute with some scratchiness. Okay. I'm not sure if, you, if, if it's your broadcasting or if it's my phone. Okay. All right, but we are coming through loud and clear on Blog Talk. The scratching we'll deal with. You could hear me. I could hear you. That's terrific. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks All a lot, right. Pastor. Very, very, very good. That's what we wanted to hear. All right, so I'm going to jump right into this today. I'm going to give some opportunity for our friends to join us on the uh, Facebook, YouTube. We are broadcasting live on OmegaRadio.org. I want to say good morning to all of our family and friends uh, that are traveling today. I know Bill and, uh, uh, well, I don't know what we should call her name. How about uh, Charmaine, Bill and Charmaine. <laughs> good morning to you guys out there on the road today. Uh, good morning to uh, Brother Scott, Brother Robert. Uh, we're talking about those men out there working hard today. God bless you, bringing uh, goods and services to different parts of the country. 
and uh, just all of you uh, people that have served in this country in military, Vietnam veterans, law enforcement, first responders, fire de uh, department, uh, anytime, any place you guys have done that. Just good morning to everyone, to my brothers and my sisters uh, scattered across this country and around the world, uh, feeling really bad for what's going on in Nigeria right now. Um, I support a ministry called the Voice of the Martyrs, and I, they've been around a very long time, and 100 students were just kidnapped, over 125 missing. They know at least 100 have been kidnapped uh, by terrorist Islamic organizations in Nigeria. Uh, very, very sad that um, this is happening, but it's been happening en masse. People are being killed in Nigeria for nothing at all. Um, something has to, you wonder, you know, how do you step into an environment like that and bring transformation, right? Well, it again is another sign of the times, the world we live in, and we're going to talk about it time today. Uh, last night we were at Bible study, and we had a wonderful Bible study. It was very rich atmosphere, and one of the things we talked about is these uh, the times that we're in, and my brother Hector is going to be calling here in just a little bit. He's going to share some information. Uh, he used to fly for uh, the airlines in China. Hector lived in China. He was there for at least 10 years. He started a business in China, opened a restaurant, um, and he has some information that he was telling us way back when that is critical for right now in the month of August. I think you're going to want to hear it. And then there were other people last night that were sharing their uh, dreams that they had been having, and uh, we heard confirmation after confirmation about what the Holy Spirit is unveiling to the minds of those who are seeking the Lord to reveal to them things that are to come. And today we're going to talk about that again. So uh, we'll get geared in that direction. And once again, we are broadcasting live on Blog Talk Radio today. Thanks to Brother Mark. God bless him. And we're going to be doing some upgrading this afternoon when we're done with this broadcast as well. So uh, Hector will be calling in. We'll have a conversation with him. You could call in at any time during the broadcast today, 818-369-0326, 818-369-0326. And then if you want to share something, press one on your dial pad. I'll bring you right back into the broadcast, okay? So let me say good morning to Cindy Messman. Good morning, Cindy. God bless you. Uh, brother uh, and Pastor Jeff Bass from the River Christian Center. Uh, the audience could not hear him. The audience could not hear him. Uh-oh. You guys didn't hear Brother Mark? That's not good. That's really not good. we got to find out why that would be. Uh, <clears throat> Brenda Torville, good morning. Thank you, Sister Cindy. Denny Sossaman is with us today. And uh, Brenda Torville, I believe, is in Missouri, a dear friend of this ministry. God bless you, and thank you for your intercession and your prayers. Uh, we have a good morning coming in loud and clear. Also check blog and could hear you loud and clear. This is the day the Lord has made. God is so good. Question is, did anybody hear Brother Mark when he said hello? All right, so we got to find out about that. Diane Gravely is with us today, and greetings to the body of Christ. Amen. And Jean Campania Kittleson, uh, God's blessing to all from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sheboygan. That is an amazing name. Where did, I wonder if that was somebody's name, Sheboygan, or if it means something in Wisconsinese. I don't know. Jane, make sure you tell us, okay? All right, so we need to do one more little check. I need to find out. Um, let's get into this. Uh, Brother Mark, I'm going to bring you on one more time here because this is just way too important to miss this. 
Um, all right. So, Mark, someone said they heard me and I could hear you, but the audience could not hear you. So I'm going to do a little investigating over here. And when somebody in the chat room, if you don't mind, if you're in the chat room, when you hear Mark, would you just give a thumbs up in the chat room, okay, on Facebook, YouTube? So I'm going to talk to Mark. So, Mark, if you'll just begin a conversation as soon as I see in the chat room that everything is good, they can hear your voice, uh, then we'll go and move forward, okay? Very good. Testing one, two, three. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. You're going to keep going. You're going to have to lengthen that psalm. So, again, if you can hear Mark. (laughs) That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Testing one, two, three. This is Mark. And I'm hoping that we are broadcasting correctly this morning. This is my deep. I just got out of bed voice, not yet awake voice, and hopefully everything runs okay. Okay, so cannot hear so far, so I just changed one of the devices. Let's see if that helps us. Keep on talking, Brother Mark. Okay. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Testing one. Can y'all hear me? That's the question of the morning. Okay, I'm going to give it about 10 seconds. Okay. The other question of the morning is, what is the condition of our hearts? That's what we need to know. That's what the Lord wants to know. Testing one, two, three. Can I be heard out there in radio land? All right, keep on going just a little bit more. I'm taking one more little test here. Aggie Compton is with us today, and uh, praise the Lord. Shirley Wolseley is with us today. Praise God. We're going to get going here. If I put the phone to my ear, I could barely hear him. Okay, so barely hear him. If that's the case, then maybe it's just one of these little guys. And um, all right. So, Mark, keep talking just a little bit, please. Okay, mm. Romans 15, okay. chapter 15, Mark, are you there? verse 13. I'm here. Can I you hear me? Mark on that one. Wow. All right. So one more opportunity to get it right. Let's see. That's definitely not it. Testing one. And so this has to be the one. This has to be the one right here. Okay. Let's do a test. Romans chapter All right. 15, verse 13. Okay. There it's you are. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Anything else? I'm reading it. Let's see here. Chapter 14, verse 14. And I myself am also persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, okay. brethren, how are we sounding now, Pastor? Well, they're saying they're barely hearing you. So are, are you on a, uh, you're not speaking, are you on an open uh, mic? Um, is your phone wide open? Because they're barely hearing you. I am actually talking to you through my hearing aids, which are linked to my telephone via Bluetooth. Okay. 
So, so let's take that you got out. Of it. The I could hear. Okay, now they could hear you. Pastor, you had it. I could hear Mark. All right. Very good. Okay, so let's leave it there for just a moment. And Brother Mark, good. keep on reading. God bless you. Oh. <laughs> okay, very good. So I think we got it. I think we got it. And <clears throat> again, by the end of the day today, it should be back to total normal. So I'd like to get into the uh, the purpose behind our gathering together today <clears throat> on this Wednesday. Uh, last night I was saying over at uh, our Bible study, uh, we had been praying because there were a number of people feeling something. They didn't know what they were feeling. And then people started communicating about the dreams they had been having and uh, some of the things God had been revealing to them. And it opened up some doors of opportunity for exploration and we were praying that God would do what the Holy Spirit said he would do, and that is that he would reveal to us things to come. He would reveal to us because a number of people were saying, man, I feel something, even myself. It's like I, I'm look, I, can, I can sense it. It's there. And we were praying, Lord, open the door so that we could peer into what is it? What are we sensing? What are we feeling? And a lot of our conversation last night had to do with what God was doing in the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom, and, you know, how we, as born-again spirits, being born again into the kingdom of God, having received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, right, all of those spiritual truths of edification, encouragement, uh, which is so important to the work that we have to do today, because we've been called to watch, we've been called to prophesy, we've been called to declare, and the call was keep doing what you're doing, keep blowing the trumpet. And, you know, the leftist uh, woke crowd today, the propaganda machines today are doing everything in their power to dull people's hearing, to close people's eyes, and to cut off their understanding from the times that we're living in. And the fact of the matter is, this is a time to awaken uh, in the spirit, wake up our spiritual sight, our spiritual hearing, and our spiritual understanding. So, uh, it's so important that we uh, get to this place. So what I'm going to do, uh, first of all, uh, I believe is the best thing to do here, is I'm going to read a prophecy to you, uh, read a prophecy to you, then I want to share a dream, or maybe I should do it the other way around. So let me read <clears throat> or share with you a dream that I had last night waking up this morning. It was very bizarre. And we haven't been dreaming, but last night's Bible study, we prayed, God, show to us, give us dreams. And there were a few people that did share their dreams, and they were very, very interesting dreams and very much connected to what the Bible says is happening uh, where we are right now. So I woke up to it. I'll just keep it real short. Uh, all systems failed. There was nothing but crunch. It was the slug and the sludge had happened. Cars everywhere, daylight, nobody moving. The environment changed into chaos. People were trying to, and part of my dream, get into the back of my car. I came around and I forcibly had to remove this person from my car. And I was going to the other side of my car to get what I needed to get. But I noticed all around me, chaos was beginning to break out. And I noted that there was just this slug. And there was a particular landmark in my dream and I even heard the name of it. The dream appeared to be somewhere in Florida. That was the appearance of it. But they mentioned a landmark and said, oh, there's such and such. And I can't remember what the landmark is. 
uh, until the Holy Spirit reveals it. But I did dream about a total shutdown, uh, people getting frustrated, kind of a very weird environment. And I guess when things shut down and people get panicked and nervous, it's going to get a little weird out there. You hope that you're not in the mix of that. You hope that you're not part of that. Uh, it would be a very uncomfortable scene to be in because things could just explode at that point. Um, and I think anybody that's been awake for the last couple of years knows how violent things could go quickly in our nation. And um, I just believe that this is what we're feeling and sensing um, that is ready to break out. And God is just, you know, uh, easily opening us up into it. And then after having that dream last night, uh, I asked Patricia, I was laying in bed, I said, please hand me one of our Bibles. She's got like three different Bibles translations on the uh, on our nightstand, and she handed me a Bible, and I just flipped it open, and I want to read to you exactly what I read, and as I was reading, again, uh, because it's an Old Testament prophecy, but remember this, please remember this, that when we read the Old Testament prophets, that is permissible as a New Covenant Christian. It is permissible because in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul said, that all those things that were written aforetime were written for our admonition and for our learning. In other words, he, the things that were written in the past are to teach us so that we don't fall after the same example that they fell. So when we read the prophets, whoever the prophets are, if their message is conducive to our environment, we need to pay special attention, okay? And so I have this wild dream, chaos in the streets, a shutdown, then people are moving frantically, and the crime breaks out, and there's all this stuff begins to happen. Things go south quickly. So in Nahum chapter 2, I just flipped open to it this morning. I want to read it. I bears witness with my heart that this is what God is saying to the cities of America, the cities of America. Now, it's not limited, but it's definitely, in, our, in my dream, this is in the United States of America. And here's what it says. I'm going to share this with you. From the wall, if you will, as a prophetic word from the prophet Nahum. And this is what Nahum would say if he were standing in the shores of America on the North American continent in the 21st day of the seventh month, July, in the Gregorian calendar. Here's what he would say. Your enemy is coming to crush you, America. Man the ramparts. Watch the roads. Prepare your defenses. Call out your forces. Even though the destroyer has destroyed Judah, the Lord will restore its honor. Israel's vine has been stripped of branches, but he will restore its splendor. Listen to verse 3. Shields flash red in the sunlight. See the scarlet uniforms of the valiant troops. Watch as their glittering chariots move into position with a forest of spears waving above them. The chariots race recklessly along the streets and rush wildly through the squares. They flash like firelight and move as swiftly as lightning. The king shouts to his officers. They stumble in their haste, rushing to the walls to set up their defenses. The river gates have been torn open. The palace is about to collapse. Nineveh's exile, America's exile, the cities of America's exile, has been decreed. 
And all the servant girls mourn its capture. They moan like doves and beat their breasts in sorrow. Did you hear some of the language in the New Living Translation? And in verse 5, particularly, the king shouts to his officers. They stumble in haste, rushing to the walls to set up their defenses. The river gates have been torn open. In other words, the fortress has been entered into. The palace is about to collapse. That's language that we need to understand. Uh, America's city's exile have been decreed. Um, now we have the, uh, the servant girls mourn its capture. They moan like doves, beat their breasts in sorrow. American cities are like a leaking water reservoir, kind of like the Titanic. The people are slipping away. Stop, stop, someone shouts, but no one even looks back. Loot the silver, plunder the gold. There's no end to America's treasures, its vast, uncounted wealth. Soon the city is plundered, empty and ruined. Hearts melt and knees shake. The people stand aghast, their faces pale and trembling. Where now is that great America, that den filled with young lions? It was a place where people, like lions and their cubs, walked freely and without fear. Boy, does that describe America in its past, how people lived. They were like lions. It says in verse 12, the lion tore up meat for his cubs and strangled prey for his mate. He filled his den with prey, his caverns with his plunder. And then verse 13 is the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life when God speaks to a nation and he said, I am your enemy, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Your chariots will soon go up in smoke. Your young men will be killed in battle. Never again will you plunder conquered nations and the voices of your proud messengers will be heard no more. And then in Nahum chapter 3, what sorrows await America, the city of murder and lies. Man, is that not Washington, D.C.? The city of murder and lies where they issued the decree to murder over 90 million babies' innocent blood. They shed it out of Washington, D.C. through the Supreme Court, along with a lot of other vile stuff. It has been weighed in the balance. God has not ignored it. He has not been uh, confused by it or tricked. No, it has been open blasphemy in your face against the Lord, and the day of accountability is coming. Hear the, quack, the crack of whips, the rumble of wheels, horses' hooves pound, and chariots clatter wildly. So imagine this wild scene in the cities. See the flashing swords and glittering spears as the charioteers charge past. There are countless casualties, heaps of bodies, so many bodies that people stumble over them. All this because America, the beautiful and faithless nation, the city, the mistress of deadly charms, enticed the nations with her beauty. She taught them all her magic, enchanting people everywhere. And you know through propaganda and through entertainment and sorcery what's been going on in America for a generation and then verse 5, I am your enemy, says the Lord of heaven's army. And now, America, I will lift your skirts and show all the earth your nakedness and shame. I believe that's been going on since Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island, since all the corruption, all the debacle that we've seen in the last couple of years. 
absolutely amazing. But I think there's something coming that's going to uncover the shame and nakedness of what's been going on behind the scenes of our nation. The whole world is going to see what God's going to unveil. I will cover you, verse 6, with filth and show the world how vile you really are. Now, if that doesn't break your heart, I don't know what will. To think that God feels that way about our nation, that we are so filthy and vile that the whole world, he's going to show the whole world how vile and filthy we are as a nation that was once in covenant with him. A nation that once honored the Lord, a nation that once upheld laws that would protect our society from the insanity and the psychological invasion that we are witnessing in our generation. And so for 200 years, a nation that had a moral righteousness about it, a justice about it, laws protecting our children in society, all gone now. There are no laws protecting the innocent. Well, they haven't been for 40 years. They're trying to do some stuff now. But now it's all out in the open. Men marry men. Women marry women. Homosexuality, LGBTQ, rainbow color flags being planted in cities throughout America. Don't think I'm telling you stories. I'm not. Everywhere you go, they have taken their banners and their flags. They have torn away the history of the United States by removing all those statues. And in their place, they're planting their flags. It is an invasion. It is a stealth jihad. It is violent. It is vicious. They've done it against the Lord. They've blasphemed the Lord by taking his color, his rainbow that meant peace, and they've taken it and used it for blasphemous means. This has all been going on in our society. So I'm going to cover you with filth, show the world how vile you really are. All who see you will shrink back and say, America lies in ruins. Where are the mourners? Does anyone regret your destruction? Are you any better? Okay, so in this, in this idea of Scripture, it is a, 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 and this is the only reason why I'm reading Nahum. There are many other prophets that would declare the same judgment against our nation, but it was because the dream last night was just like that. There was chaos. There was a shutdown. The, the systems stopped. People were stuck where they were. It's like being in a city and you're wanting to get out. You're on vacation somewhere. You're traveling, doing business, whatever. Uh, It's a very busy time of the year. It's summer. And all of a sudden, everything stops. Uh, That EMP in the the day, he's going to make the day dark in a a sunlit day, right? Just like a 9-11-2001, a beautiful sunny day in New York City. So I will darken the earth in the clear day. That's Amos chapter 8. And that's exactly what this dream was, a darkening of the earth in the clear day. The darkening was all systems down. And now people are, they do what human beings do that aren't prepared. They do what people do who are not prepared. And there are some worst parts in society that will actually, you've seen it. You saw it in 2020. You saw the animals that were running rampant in the name of, uh, what do they call it, critical race theory, that uh, all white people and of European descent are the, uh, the bad ones that have been oppressing the people of color. And so now the communist agenda through Marxism, I'll explain it in just a moment, through an article here. As a matter of fact, why don't I do that right now? Here's a little thought about critical race theory, what you've been looking at. And most of you already know it. Um, And this is an advertisement for a book 
that is going to be put out on the marketplace very soon. It's called Critical Race Theory is Marxist. Its real target is Christianity and the Bible. The far left wants it in our schools. The war on Christians is in full gear, says the most famous Jewish thinker. So the Biden administration and the woke left are embracing a radical new approach to our culture and life. It's called critical race theory. In a nutshell, it claims that people who are white and from European backgrounds have succeeded because of their color, and they have oppressed people of color. Thus, people of color have been wronged, and if they fight back in any way, then they are morally right. So that explains why in 2020, when the left was burning our cities, burning and destroying people's business, defecating, doing everything they did, setting on fire, all that stuff, we know why it was accepted by the news media and why the leftist agenda allowed it to go on. They did it because they were the victims who were fighting back, and this fighting back was applauded by many in government and politics, and that's why they let it go. And that's why on January 6th, when the conservative white Christian patriots and males stood up one day in Washington, D.C., and a few hundred people out of nearly a million did something they shouldn't have done, they made that the worst day because it was the white European descent people that were conservative, Christians, Bible-loving people um, that were standing up. And because they're the oppressors, their crime was 10 times worse than the crimes that were 500 times worse, right? So that's the way it was working, and that's the reason why we saw that. Make no mistake about it, the left's anti-Christian and anti-Semitic agenda is being ramped up dramatically, and it is frightening. Think about it. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, actually banned private home Bible studies while okaying mass BLM protests and worse. This is a sickening violation of religious freedom. Why? Well, there is a famous Jewish author and thinker who has an answer, but the truth may be quite unsettling. This author claims it has nothing to do with COVID-19, and it has nothing to do with race, but it has everything to do with the power grab by the left to systematically dismantle religion and banish God from the lips, minds, and hearts of the faithful. You know, on this broadcast a few weeks ago, I told you that was the agenda, to eradicate God out of society that anybody that would exalt the name of Jesus Christ, have a faith in God, a belief in God, believed in the Bible, that they would be the target of this movement that's happening, and that's exactly what is happening right now. So, continuing on just a little bit. Remove his holy name from our civil society, even destroying religious symbols and artifacts along the way. Think about this. The media was so proud of tens of thousands of BLM protesters last year who rampaged through our cities. And yet, in San Francisco, the Roman Catholic Archdiocese was slapped with a cease and desist order saying some churches violated a local ban on large outdoor gatherings. Under critical race theory, the BLM protests are good even if they violate public health orders. But if Christians want to meet and pray, that's bad and evil. 
Oh, but it gets worse. Then signing and chanting in church or singing and chanting in church was banned. To forbid singing in a church is morally reprehensible. That is how we petition heaven, said one evangelical minister. Churches are still oppressed, some barely clinging to life, close to financial ruin. They may never recover, which would be judgment on many of the churches in America that refused to equip and prepare God's people for the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. Everybody was talking about flying away in a preacher rapture. Nothing bad will ever happen. We're good. God is with us. Nothing could be further than the truth than those doctrines. That is terrible, but that's why the judgment is hitting. Probably many of them will not recover. If churches and synagogues are drowning financially, they can't reach out into the community to feed the hungry, clothe the poor, help those drowning in a sea of debt and despair. Unable to attend worship services, people are becoming disconnected and distanced from their faith. Does that tie into the falling away, the apostasy, the defection from truth? Listen, I don't care how much Bible you've had in your life. If you put the Bible away for about a month and you don't pick it up and read it, and at the same time you're being downloaded with all the information the propaganda machines are throwing onto you, you could be falling away like that. You have no idea how important the Word of God is every single day in our lives to keep that rich, moist, atmosphere in our hearts, the Word of God producing the transformation and the fruitfulness necessary and building the character within us so that we're able to stand very powerful. And yet I do believe many are going to fall away, just like the Bible says. So this is the war on Christianity, and this is exactly what the left had dreamed about for decades. Everything you need to know, okay, is going to be in this book. And I'll tell you the name of the book here in just a little bit. I, I believe it's uh, David Horowitz, Runaway Bestseller, Dark Agenda. Dark Agenda. So look for it, David Horowitz, Runaway Bestseller, Dark Agenda. Now, I don't know David Horowitz and what his doctrinal beliefs are about different things, but uh, I think he's got his hand on the pulse. And I think he's saying this. And this is coming from Prophecy News Network. This is a very reputable organization. Um, he goes on to say that uh, David Horowitz is, uh, he's not a Christian, he is a Jew, but he calls it like he sees it, and he's deeply troubled by what he sees. You may remember us warning you about the plan to annihilate religion. Bill Mayer shouting death to religion on national TV. Monuments in Washington whitewashed of God and prayer. Religious crosses confiscated, Lenten ashes on children's foreheads being scrubbed off at school, prayer in school being ruled unconstitutional overnight. And whether you do or don't remember any of the above, please keep reading. This is a serious, this is serious stuff. Our faith and our ability to worship freely is in serious jeopardy. If you're a person of faith, this directly impacts you, your family, friends, and loved ones, and it's terrifying. Every day, the writing on the wall becomes clearer. Listen, hatred is growing in our nation toward Jews and Christians being spread like wildfire. Why? What is behind this evil movement? Again, they're selling the book. Find out. And it is a communistic Marxist agenda. There's no doubt about it. It's a leftist agenda. And we're at war. And so all of this is going on. 
And then the warnings we've been hearing for years, 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 but not warnings we should turn a deaf ear to because many of the warnings that we warned are now, they've already happened. 2020 is a great example of what it meant to have a global lockdown. Now everything is vaccination, right? Oh, vaccination, vaccination, vaccination. What I need to do is I need to see if my brother Hector is on the line yet. Um, So what I want to do, and I'm not sure if this is him or not, but I'm going to go to a call, area code 646. Is that you, Hector, by any chance? Yes, how are you? I'm very good. How are you doing, sir? Good, good. Okay, so on the line with me right now, and I hope you all can hear, uh, Hector was once, uh, I think you lived in China for 10 years? That's right. Okay, tell us your story. Well, I I went to China. I lived there for 10 years or so. Had sex with many, many women, many women, all over, just day and night, fucking left and Ah, all right. So that's not Hector. That is somebody. And I'm so glad they were not able to hear that. That was one of those vile calls. We got your number and we're going to be calling and we'll be sending the police to your phone, your house. So good, good, good. Got your number too late. 646. You are on the line. Very good. So we had somebody calling in and uh, it was not Hector. It was somebody that was saying something. They don't like what we're saying. And so I'm so glad your voice was not heard. So let me tell you what Hector did say, because we hear on the, uh, the chat room that they were not able to hear that person that just called, which, by the way, I do pray for that man's soul. I doubt it, but I will pray and ask the Lord to break his heart in Jesus' name. So here's what's going on. Hector lived in China for 10 years. He was flying for a Chinese airline. He started a business, a restaurant in China. When he came back a couple of years ago, he told us what was going on in China, how they were doing business, how they were using their smartphones to pay their bills, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Hector, last night at our Bible study, he came to it and was sharing with us that by August 15th, August 15th, China, their plan, their agenda is to make sure that every Chinese citizen is vaccinated. Now, many have already been vaccinated. That's a big country. And that if you are not vaccinated, you will not be able to use anything. You won't be able to use your credit cards, your phone. You won't be able to buy. You won't be able to use the transit system. You won't be able to do anything without being vaccinated. So China is leading the way, okay, with this mark, with this mark. So I will make sure when we get this up and running, Hector will join us. But um, keep praying, folks. This is going to get intense, okay? So let's go for just a moment. Let's go to, um, I want to get into Revelation chapter 13 just for a moment. And I want to read in Revelation 12, and it says in verse 3, this is Revelation 12, 3. There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. All right. Now, in Revelation 13, again, we talk about this dragon. And so what I want to do is I want to, I I just think it's too important to miss out on this. China. Where do they fit into Bible prophecy, China? Well, they are 
for the most part, communists. God has his children in China, a praying underground church of believers in China. And China, however, with President Xi, XI, right, he is uh, very much communistic, and he is going to lead uh, what is happening there right now, which is basically a complete control over all the citizens, which is close, it is what communism really is, right? So the number 666, if we go back to Revelation chapter 13 and we talk about the number 666, that this is the mark of the beast, okay? This is the number of his name. It's the number of a man. And I just wanted to remind you, and I, and I have this, you could see it, I wish you could, that the number 666 was written in the original Greek with the letters chi, and in this writing here, it's the C-H-I, Z-X-I, so let me show you what it looks like. It's the, this is the exact writing that they're showing us. The chi, Z, and then the stigma. All right, so if you can see that, all right, the chi, Z, stigma. The chi, the Z, that's the president of China's name, by the way, same exact spelling, and the stigma. So, the Greek stigma, so the, the Greek for stigma, is defined as to stick, okay? I've shared this before on the broadcast, but I think we need to really pay attention now, okay? The Greek word for stigma is defined as to stick, a mark incised or punched for recognition of ownership and mark. Folks, did you hear what we just said? All right, just here it is. I, I want you to hear this clearly. And I, there's only one right thing to do. Let's go back to, let's go back to um, Revelation. Let's go to this Revelation here. And I want to get all the way over to the next book. So Revelation chapter 13, and let's look at verse uh, 16. This is Revelation 13, 16, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast, the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 6. So when you go back and you look at this 603 score and 6, you come up with the chi, the z, the stigma. Now, what's interesting about the chi, okay, the chi, in the Greek it could be khi, but in this writing it's the chi, short for China, quite frankly. Then you have z, who is the president of China, okay, and the stigma is the, what is it? The word stigma means to stick or a mark incised or punched for recognition of ownership. So out of Wuhan, China, right? So the vaccination, and China right now is leading the world in vaccinating their citizens with the threat, if you don't get vaccinated, you can't buy or sell. 
So here we have the chi, the z, the stigma, and we have the president's name. It's the number of a man's name. President Z, X-I, that's his name, same as the number, okay? And China is leading the way. In other words, we are looking right in the face of the dragon and the beast. Why do we say China is the great red dragon? Because that's their symbol. China has the symbol of a great red dragon. China, uh, they have the man's, the president's name, the dictator, the, the leader's name. And then we have the mark, the vaccination, that is coming out of China. Now, Joe Biden and our leftist movement here in the United States, the communist movement, is in cahoots with China. And that's why they, joined with the globalist China agenda, want to vaccinate every citizen in the United States. So the time of chaos is coming. The time of internal revolution is coming. The time of civil war is coming. And you have to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. And you, you just need to know the environment we are in is not Christianese. It's not this sloppy, agape, greasy grace, toned down, be effeminate, I'm a nice little Christian full of love and compassion and mercy. It's not that environment, okay? We are shifting environment, and you have to prepare. You have to get ready. I'm not saying that we don't have compassion. <clears throat> I'm not saying we don't love. I'm not saying that we're not uh, worshipers and we love to praise the Lord. We do. But also, you have to be prepared for the environment that's coming. Just 10 minutes ago, I, somebody called in claiming to be Hector and started using four-letter words and saying all kinds of filthy stuff. Now, where did that come from? See, that's the environment that's coming. And thank God, most of you couldn't hear a word because it was tuned out. But I got the man's number. I'm going to make sure I reach out a phone call to him when we're done here. But I, I just, this wave of energy, this wave of violence, this wave of hate is, is coming against Christians and Jews in the United States, around the world, and it's a communist leftist agenda. And there's no longer a mask on the enemy. China is involved. Z is the president. The mark is a stick in the arm of vaccination, but then people get messed up, well, right hand and the, the forehead. Okay, well, we could work through that, but right now, let's pay attention to what we do see. Maybe there's something further in understanding, but right now we're talking about a mark being a stick or incised or punched in somebody's body for a mark of ownership. And my goodness, you can't buy or sell without it in China leading the way. So super important to remember, and I actually wanted to go a little deeper, and if you'll, you'll, you'll bear with me, this is another way to look at this. There are many people out there pointing to implantable microchips to fit the role of the mark of the beast. Most of the time, biblical evidence to support such claims is lacking. One may even begin to think that such support doesn't exist. But if we look closely at the Greek words directly associated with the mark of the beast, such as, and here's some different lettering, such as epi, karagma, and chi, z, stigma, it becomes clear that biblical support for such a mark is very strong. One of the most common claims against a microchip implant is that the mark of the beast is supposed to be on the hand or forehead and not in the hand or forehead. So do Revelation 13:6, Revelation 14, 9 and 10, and Revelation 24 refer to a mark in the body or on the body? 
Well, the overwhelming majority of available translations opt for on. So stay with me on this, okay? In fact, most modern versions use on. In contrast, all early versions from 1380 to 1833 side with in. That includes Wycliffe's Bible, 1380, Tyndale's 1525, Coverdale's 1535, the Bishop's Bible, 1568, the Geneva Bible, 1587, the much-beloved King James Version, 1611, Wesley's Bible, 1755, and finally Webster's Bible, 1883. It wasn't until Darby's Bible in 1890 that doubt was cast against in. So they're talking about the mark either on or in. It's important to the conversation. It's not easy to discard the work of early Christian martyrs or the 54 scholars that painstakingly translated the King James Version by committee, as well as the work of the wordsmith Noah Webster, a man who single-handedly wrote his own dictionary. It would be foolish to write off such faith and dedication in favor of modern versions who paid translators, whose paid translators didn't have the foresight to see how in could actually make sense. So according to Strong's Concordance, both in and on are valid translations of the Greek word epi, E-P-I. Epi's many definitions include into, in a place and among, all of which perfectly describe the placement of modern day RFID implants, such as Applied Digital Solutions Verichip. The microchips are easily injected into the body in a place of the hand or forehead and remains among the flesh. A syringe will also leave a puncture mark on the surface of the skin, which may even scar depending on the size and shape of the puncture. Payment watches and rings would also be considered on the hand or wrist. Phones, which are now capable of secure payments via NFC technology, could be considered in the hand. Any of these technologies could fulfill the requirement of the mark of the beast to buy and sell, but only an injected microchip will prevent loss or theft. So Strong's definition of among really starts to make sense when one considers the patented biobond, coating that enables the surrounding tissues to fuse with an otherwise smooth glass capsule. Biobond was a solution to the problem of RFID microchips migrating when implanted under the skin of household pets. This coating makes microchip implants very difficult to remove without surgery. In other words, like the very chip, the mark of the beast is likely to remain permanently once implanted. So let's look at a few words, the karagma, the mark in mark of the beast. So the word mark in the Greek, the mark of the beast, is karagma. So <clears throat> the Greek word for mark is karagma. Strong's Concordance defines karagma as a scratch or etching, a badge of servitude, graven, and finally mark. Strong's also notes that karagma is directly related to the Greek word karaks, which means to sharpen to a point 
and also describes a stake, like driving a stake into something. As noted above, one of the definitions of karagma is graven. The American Heritage Dictionary of the English language defines graven as follows. Number one, to sculpt or carve, to engrave, to stamp or impress deeply, or to fix permanently. So Little and Scott's and Intermediate Greek English Lexicon defines karagma as the mark of a pointed instrument, a tattoo mark, or brand. From these definitions, we get a clear picture of a surface being pierced by a sharp point or the act of using a tool to engrave. Ladies and gentlemen, can you hear what we're talking about? Do you see that what's really going on with vaccinations is a push that most people are so blinded they can't believe they would be here for this. Remember, the majority of Christian believers believe they're going to be gone before the Great Tribulation comes. So they're not even thinking that this is possible, that these vaccinations are what this article is claiming them to be. Are you hearing it? So, again, I want to repeat that. <clears throat> From these definitions, we get a clear picture of a surface being pierced by a sharp point or the act of using a tool to engrave. So the relationship between the mark of the beast, karagma, and a syringe that pierces the skin is obvious. It's also been noted that a microchip is etched or engraved during its production. Now, the people that wrote this article wrote it before 2020 before there was any thought about a syringe and a vaccination, they were thinking RFID microchips, which the so-called vaccinations have digital code in it. We know that's true, which is in the microchip family. So, but they didn't know this. And now you read this article with the understanding of the vaccination, the point, the sharp point that goes into your skin. And we have another little story going on here. So Little and Scott's an intermediate Greek English lexicon defines charisma as the mark of a pointed instrument, a tattoo mark brand. From these definitions, oh, we just read that, okay. <clears throat> well, let's read this again. From these definitions, we get a clear picture of a surface being pierced by a sharp point or the act of using a tool to engrave. So the relationship between the mark of the beast, the kerygma, and the syringe that pierces the skin is obvious. It's also been noted that a microchip is that storing grade during its production. The definitions of karagma, coupled with the fact that subdermal microchips are injected using a specialized syringe, make it clear that the mark of the beast could very well be a microchip implanted into the hand. But now with the 2020 COVID-19 debacle and all that stuff, we know that the vaccination could also be depending on what they put in the vaccination, okay? And there are some uh, chemicals dealing with antifreeze that they're swabbing people with. There's a particular chemical. When it's dry, it's fine, but when it gets moist, making contact with uh, what's going on inside the nose, in the cavity of the nose area, it activates that chemical, which is deadly. It causes all kinds of horrible sickness and disease. And again, this is right on their syringes while they're packaged, the very chemical. I just saw that yesterday. So 
Uh, the definitions of Karagma coupled with the fact that subdermal microchips are injected using a specialized syringe make it clear that the mark of the beast could very well be a microchip implanted. The earliest use of the word Karagma outside of the Bible describes the piercing bite of a snake. Listen, the piercing bite of a snake. There's a disturbing connection between the piercing serpent Satan, Isaiah 27.1, the bite of the serpent, Karagma and syringe injectable microchips. This verse, this verse brings to mind the serpent in Revelation 20, verse 2, which gives power to the beast. Isn't that amazing? The serpent's bite, the bite of a snake. Wow. Now, karagma is an engraved, etched, branded, or inscribed mark or sign. Closest to the original sense is the earliest example in Philippians 2, 6, 7, where Karagma denotes the bite of a snake, that's in the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, any mark engraved, imprinted, or branded uh, echinized the serpent's mark, its bite, or sting. So that's just some added information. Now, a little bit further, I challenge you to think of something in the natural world that resembles a syringe more closely than the fang of a snake. So they're saying the fang of a snake is like a syringe. The book of Amos mentions the day of the Lord and a serpent bite to the hand in consecutive verses. The lion and bear mentioned in the same passage also bring to mind the beast in Revelation 13. This may foreshadow the mark of the beast in the last days. He makes an excellent point. It says in Amos chapter 5, verse 18, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness, not light. As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house, leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. There's an important warning in verse 18 about desiring the last days. Even though we may recognize the signs of the times, we should in no way desire or try to hasten them because they are full of pain and suffering. Consider the following. He that digs a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaks a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. I, I disagree with the statement that was just made about not hastening the day. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, you'll find that God actually says, the Apostle Paul speak, or Peter speaks to the church and says, therefore hasten the day of the coming of the day of God. And it means to hurry it up. So even though we don't desire the suffering and the negativity, what we desire are for these events to come and go so that the king of glory will come. All right, that's my only disagreement. So a hedge symbolizes protection. So let God take care of you. It may prove to be a blessing to give your life rather than accept the bite of the serpent, the karagma, the mark of the beast. Now, he's going to get into these other three words, and this is what was important. The chi, z, stigma. So we have the word karagma for the word mark, the mark of the beast. And now we have the chi, z, stigma, and it's the number of the beast, which is 603 score and six. Early biblical translators chose to spell out the number 666, 603 score and six. This is one of the rare exceptions in the English Bible where a number is spelled out instead of using a numeric representation. This treatment of 666 brings focus to the individual characters 
which allow us to gain a further understanding of the mark of the beast. So in other words, rather than writing the numerals 666, it spelled them out. And a lot of times they don't do that. <clears throat> if we look at the Greek, we see that 666 is represented <clears throat> or is presented with three letters, the chi, the z, the stigma, the chi, the xi, and the stigma. The numeric values of these three Greek letters add up to 666. It should be noted that stigma is based on the ancient Greek digamma and must not be confused with the modern Greek sigma. It carried the meaning of a mark, dot, puncture, or generally a sign from the verb, which means to puncture, as well as a mark from a pointed instrument, often as a sign of ownership, a mark, a brand, or tattoo. So the third letter in cheesy stigma, stigma is also talking about to stick, a mark. So the Strong's Concordance gives stigma the following definition. To stick, a mark incised or punched for recognition of ownership, a mark. So the word mark, the karagma, and the third letter in 666, stigma, they have the same meaning. Now, stigma, oh, the definitions of stigma and karagma are remarkably similar. They both support the idea of a pointed instrument used to inject a microchip or maybe even vaccination. Stigma has also made it into the English language where it is defined as a mark of infamy or disgrace. There's an obvious carryover from its use in Revelation. Another intriguing definition of stigma in its English usage is token. Anyone familiar with digital security will recognize a token as a physical device that's used to gain various levels of access. That's exactly what a microchip implant is, a security token. In three-factor authentication, this is known as what you have. The other two factors are what you know as in a password, PIN, et cetera, and what you are, as in biometrics, primarily face, iris, fingerprints, or vein scanning. Like microchips used for identification, a security token almost always carries a unique number on it. One must wonder if this somehow relates to the three-factor allegiance to the beast. Okay, that's just some conversation. So the following news excerpts demonstrate the welcoming of such a security token. And this is just, uh, this was a news excerpt. Ultimately, the ideal solution for merchants will be a reader that is based on an open standard and capable of accepting each card's contactless token. That was from the convergence of contactless payment. And then the next one was, I wanted to get chipped, he says. It's entirely up to me what I put on my chip. I've been involved with authentication for 20 years, working with biometrics, and I was promoting the token. Now I am the token, this individual said. That was well over a decade ago, and now these contactless tokens come standard in most credit cards and phones. Stores are readily able to accept such tokens regardless of whether they are embedded in plastic or flesh. The buying and selling is in place how much longer until implanted security tokens become mainstream? One wonders what they're injecting in the arm, right? So the definition of token for stigma 
provides a hint that the mark will be readily adopted due to its close relationship to money, identification, and commerce. It reminds me that the love of money is the root of all evil, and because people love money, they're going to take this mark. And where any of these are found, security is a close buy. Security will play a significant role in settling the, or selling the mark of the beast. So what's in a name? Now, there's a lot more information here. And let me just get through it. I'm almost done to the conclusion. So what is in a name? There's another notable correlation between the microchips and cheesy stigma 666. One of the earliest public faces of implantable payments was Digital Angel. Due to the alarming character of the technology, it was quickly discovered that the Digital Angel logo contained a hidden but obvious 666. Okay, and I can see the images here. Digital Angel isn't the only product with a name or logo that links to 666. The connection between 666 and acquired products seems to have become a trend. If nothing else, they add to the mounting evidence which reveals the nature of the mark of the beast and 666. It's hard to write these off as mere coincidence. One such company is the small letter E and then capital XI, XI Wireless. Remember that XI is the 60 in 666. Another is XMark, whose products include Watchmate and Hugs. The similarities are obvious. Also worth mentioning is Somark Innovations, a company that manufactures invisible RFID ink used to tattoo cattle for tracking. Even though XI and CHI, the Chi, haven't carried into English like Stigma has, they still provide some insight into the mark. Chi is depicted as an uppercase X and is used to symbolize Christ. This possibly hints at the Antichrist likening to a lamb with two horns, referring to his probable Christian facade or promises of peace. All right, very good. Many Eastern traditions also hold that the chi is an internal energy flow. While traditionally a spiritual belief, it's still an interesting fact that the future versions of these microchips could be powered by an internal energy source like thermal life. So the shape of the Z, the XI, as written in Greek, shares a close likeness to a curled up snake ready to strike. Stigma also resembles a serpent that is coiled and ready to strike. This is another hint to Karagma as the bite of a serpent and noted by one of our readers, the antenna located in a microchip is a coil of wire. It's also an Islamic sign. So without any further ado, here's the conclusion of the article. The conclusion is the Greek FI, E-P-I, can be translated as in or on, both are valid. FI can also be translated as into, in a place and among. All English versions prior to 1890 translate FI as in. So this, this, this FI is into. The Greek word karagma is translated as a scratch or etching, a badge of servitude, graven, and mark. Karagma is also closely related to karaks, which means to sharpen to a point. Number three, conclusion. The English word graven, one of the definitions of karagma, 
as listed above, is defined as to sculpt or carve, engrave, and to stamp or impress deeply and to fix permanently. They say about these vaccinations that there is a permanent fix going on in the bodies that are taking these in. Uh, the earliest use of the word karagma outside of the Bible describes the piercing bite of a snake. The fang of a snake closely resembles the syringe used to implant the very chip. The number 666 was written in the original Greek with the letters chi, z, stigma. The Greek stigma is defined as to stick, a mark incised or punch for recognition of ownership, and mark. This definition is very close to that of the Greek karagma. The Greek letters chi and z both resemble a snake ready to strike. This coincides with karagma as the bite of a snake and the piercing serpent, Satan, who is associated with the beast of the sea. And then stigma made it into the English language where it is defined as mark of infamy or disgrace. So karagma, epi, and cheesy stigma all have important meanings. They point the clear picture of a surface being punctured by a sharp point. After studying the Greek words, it's easy to see that the mark of the beast could be closely related to microchip implants, like the very chip, which are injected through a syringe and are used heavily in commerce or a vaccination. Remember, this article was written before 2020 and the debacle. It's hard to ignore these similarities when the very chip has already been used to buy and sell. We must honestly weigh all the evidence when considering such a possibility. It's much more than just hype and coincidence to take heed. Wow. My God. All right. So what are we looking at? We're looking at, it's almost as though the Lord is just taking the veil away, quite frankly. The veil is being taken away. Um, <clears throat> praise God. Let's see. What else did I want to share with you today? I wanted to share something else. And I think we've gotten covered all that ground. So, what to expect. Can you imagine, come on, can you just sit with me for a moment and imagine what is really going on in, the, in our generation in this world at this moment? Last night we were talking about the different conditions of the heart that Jesus used a parable about some people on the wayside, some people had stony hearts, and some people that had the cares of this life in their hearts. And one of the things that stood out was that the person on the wayside was a person that was just traveling. In other words, they go from one place to another. They go to one church service to another church service to a conference, to a rally, to a concert. And they're going through all the traveling, traveling, but they never really settle down to, to think and to consider what is really happening what is the Bible predicting? What is Jesus saying? What is God's word proclaiming? There's not another book in the history of the world, I do not believe, that is over 2,000 years old since the Messiah came and then stretching back to the beginning of time that has predicted the days in which we now live, going back to the days of Noah, Sodom and Gomorrah, where we are as a nation today and around the world and the global, uh, you know, growing of things. So I want to just spend a moment and think, and I want you to think with me. 
tons of information, right? We have biblical truth. And everything that we see going on in the world, we look through the biblical lens and we see. And now it's up close and very personal. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but God is revealing that the time of chaos is coming. In fact, I wrote out some things that the Lord spoke about this moment, and I just want to share it real quick. He said, and this is what you want to prepare for. I don't care if you're the left, the right, doesn't matter. The Lord said, all systems are coming to a grinding halt. And I want you to to stop and think where you are right now, where you live right now, what you're doing right now. What are you thinking about? You see, in the parable of the soils of the heart, there were those who had weeds, which represented the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches. And again, the root of all evil is the love of money. In other words, putting money before God makes money your God, right? So to a person who is all concerned, the cares of this life, the true words of God will never produce fruit, transformation, change. The person that's so busy making money that they give God very little time, if any, in truth, to really sit down and consider deeply what the Word of God is saying about any particular situation. But the traveler just travels by. They go from one sermon to the next again. They go from one conference, one speaker to the other. They go just, they just flying by. But they never settle down, pay attention, consider, ask questions. What do you mean, Messiah Jesus? What do you mean? What does this passage mean, Holy Spirit? And then when clear evidence is presented about the signs of the times, it's just lightly glazed over. It's like a, oh, yeah but there's no deep consideration of what that actually means. In other words, Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, flee to the mountains. In other words, get to your prepared place. Beware of your environment. Watch where you are, for you may be part of that moment when All systems come to a grinding halt. It's as sudden as the day turning into darkness, the day into night. It just kind of happens. You're living and it's a bright, sunny day all day long, but then sure enough, that darkness comes in and before you know it, it's nighttime. And that is how this is going to happen. It is going to be the last vestiges of light. The days of glorious light, the days of bright light, where everybody was told to prepare, get ready, work hard. Well, Jesus said, work while there's light, right? Because the darkness comes where no man will be able to work. We are in the final vestiges of light. The rays of a day are coming to an end. And just as suddenly as that last ray of that, as the sun is setting and the light is remaining, it will give way to darkness and we're there. And this is what God wants you to know. 
It is not the bright light of noonday right now in this world. It is the darkening of the earth in the clear day. In other words, this is a suddenly, this is a suddenly event. This is something that's going to happen suddenly. The violence around the world that will explode, the chaos and the confusion and all these things that we have seen in preview are going to explode globally around the world. It's all intended, either by God or by man. It's all intended. And what the word of the Lord is saying to you and I is we cannot afford to have stony hearts. What is the parable of the stony heart? It's about being offended. It's about being offended. And like the caller who called in about an hour ago or whenever and started using the four-letter words and was just so evil in their presentation, um, it would have been easy to get offended by that. But you see, this is the energy that is coming. This is the violence. This is the hatred. This is what is dwelling in the hearts of people. And normally these people have been taken over by demonic spirit because the hate that they carry is not just human hate. It is demonic hatred. And so imagine that kind of energy all over the world coming against a particular target of Christians, those who carry the cargo of Christ and have the, keep the commandments of God. So whether it is uh, uh, Christians and Jews, whatever that means, uh, we know that the true ecclesia, the true called out ones, are in preparation for they have seen the signs long ago to get ready. And I believe in these final shades of light that are going to be taken over just assuredly as nighttime comes every day, just assuredly these last remaining moments of light are going to fade swiftly and it could happen at any time. And this is what we were praying for last night. Lord, tell us what it is. What are we feeling? What are we sensing? Where can I read it? Where can I look at it? I'm looking for something. And last night we prayed, Lord, open the doors of revelation. Show us, show us what we need to know. And I believe that as I'm talking for the last hour and 17 minutes, listening to my own words coming out of my mouth, reading the Bible, reading articles, looking at things so obvious. It's at the door. It's here. It's here. And as my sister said last night, Laquita, she said, my God, it's so surreal. But it's here. It's here. What do you do with the remaining light? Now, I know what we're doing. You see, I also, I believe in balance. And I believe on the other side of this moment of what's going on in the world, that there are kingdom mysteries and business of the kingdom that are ongoing, the salvation of souls. I know right now we are in the economy of the kingdom. For those of you who love and honor the Lord, you celebrated his feast last year. You went through Passover. You went through Pentecost, first fruits, uh, unleavened bread. Uh, and now we're getting ready for the fall feast. But Right after Pentecost, there was a four-month period of harvesting. People sowed during Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Fifty days later, Shavuot, Pentecost, they sowed, and they sowed into the kingdom. And then there was a four-month period of nothing but reaping. We're already halfway through the reaping months. And I, there are testimonies everywhere about people that are beginning to reap. And what I want to declare to those of you who have honored the Lord in his economy of the feast of the Lord 
which are so intrinsic to the kingdom of heaven that the next two months are going to be the bulk. The bulk of your harvest is coming. So important to understand that this harvest is not only external, but it's also the bulk of a harvest of a transformation from the inside out. A harvest of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the divine nature, the character of Christ. Where you have been sowing into the Word of God, you've been sowing, sowing, sowing in your prayers, in your studies, in your Bible studies, with contemplation, with thought, with opening the eyes and the ears and the understanding, peering into the, what, the things that God is saying. You've been sowing into it. You're not a traveler just passing by. The bulk of the harvest is right now, the next two months. In about two months and two days, on September 23rd, the Feast of Tabernacles will commence. Now, 14 days earlier, which would bring us, oh, I'd say somewhere around uh, September 8th or 9th, September 8th or 9th, we'll begin the Fall Feast of Rosh Hashanah, or the Blowing of Trumpets, And the purpose of the blowing of the trumpets in the seventh month on the first day of the month in the Hebrew calendar, which will be about September 8th or 9th, the blowing of the trumpets is to declare the fall feast of the Lord. It's the the time where the people of Israel would hear that trumpet sound. It was the, the beginning of the fall feast. They would have 10 days to get everything in order. And this we translate into introspection, examination, how are we, where are we, what's the condition, and we're getting ready. And then on the 10th day of the seventh month is Yom Kippur. We know it as the Day of Atonement. That's the day which is a high holy day in the economy of the Feast of the Lord, where all the people of God, after 10 days, would now stand silent before the judge of the universe, and a decree would be written, either guilty or not guilty, One would live another year. One will not live another year. The Day of Atonement was a huge day. Four days later, which brings us to September 23rd, the Feast of Tabernacles would begin. For those who have received the righteous judgment for a benefit and a blessing will gather together in different places around the world to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. We preach on tabernacles for over 30 years now, and the intrinsic spiritual meaning of the feast of the Lord are way beyond legalism, obligation, or anything like it. It's so deeply spiritual and impactful to the the sojourner, the pioneer of the faith, those who are born again and spirit-filled. This has huge impact. September 23rd, we're two months and two days away. Two months. We will be hosting the Feast of Tabernacles in Northwest Arkansas once again. And we are going to be inviting our friends and family, people that are listening from around the world. We already have some guest speakers that are being lined up. We have praise and worship people coming to, and we have some of our great musicians at New Wine Ministries. We're going to have a feast. It's seven days. And we're going to be just kind of being immersed into an environment that is outside the world system, coming together to celebrate the Lord God Almighty, our Father. It's so deep. It's so rich of a feast. It is for you. If you are one of those who are walking the walk, talking the talk, you're going through it, you're an overcomer, you're, you're carrying your cross, you're moving on, you know that the feast of the Lord is coming up. 
It is not the Jewish feast. It is not the Christian feast. It is the Lord's feast. And, and again, we talked about it yesterday. On the fourth day of creation, he had these feasts in mind. All right. <clears throat> so what an amazing time. Folks, can you hear it? Can we understand and just see law for a moment? what it all means, along with all the other Bible prophecies that are being fulfilled. I want to give the visual again. The dusk is, is here. The dusk of the closing out of time as we have known it. A departure from the systems that we have known a new order of things is coming into this world. The requirement to establish it was to get everybody shut down in 2020. 2020 was the time for the global shutdown so people would get out of the way and they would implement their final components that they are going to turn on one day. They need to reduce the population, and they need to send everything into chaos. Because even though 2020 had an effect for the components to be installed, there's too much resistance. So there's got to be a dealing with the resistance from the global satanic, now listen, the global satanic movement, which God has authorized. Let me say it again. When God said in that article I read today out of Scripture in Nahum, God said to the people, I am your enemy. God's word has authorized these things. God's word has authorized the beast and the dragon and the great tribulation and the persecution. God's word wrote about it. He authorized it. He signatured it. He wrote about it. He told us that that generation would be the generation to experience these things. So it's kind of like, in Isaiah chapter 10, the Islamic beast had a sword and it went in and dealt with Israel and they thought, oh, look what I did. But it was only God giving them the power to do it because it was God's judgment upon Israel. All of this is authorized by God. What is going on globally, Satan is being permitted to unite the nations of the earth in a one world government to come and rule over the earth for three and a half years. That is the Bible. And if you're not ready or I'm not ready for what is coming in the energy of satanic globalism, that's why the falling away is going to take place. The love of many is going to wax cold. People are going to begin to hate one another, betray one another. They're going to be offended. And they're just not ready for the environment that's coming. And if you are easily offended or I am easily offended, we become prime candidates for the falling away. And it doesn't matter how much church we've had. The only purpose of church was to get us built up and encouraged and strengthened and changed and transformed so that there's an inner strength that we will have the ability to endure unto the end of what is coming. And, I, I you know, the idea of, you know, everything in America is going to change and, and none of this, you know, there's going to be some revival thing happen. No, the reviving and the resurrection power that needs to happen right now is in you, and it's in me. <clears throat> Folks, it's 
we're looking through a, through, through a lens here, and it's becoming so clear. There is no turning back. You cannot stop what is happening. America has crossed the point of no return. No return. The whole world is going into this time. Now, if you happen to be of the character of the church in Philadelphia in the book of Revelation, God says, I will keep you from the hour of temptation that is to come upon the whole world to try them to dwell upon the whole earth. God is able to preserve and keep and protect what is his. There is a wilderness for a woman to go into for three and a half years where she's going to be nourished. God is going to take care of what belongs to him. These are incredible moments. These are biblical times. Every single prophet, every single prophet from Moses to Isaiah to Jeremiah to Ezekiel to Nahum to Amos to Joel, every single prophet of the Old Testament could stand in the shores of our nation and around the world. Their message would be valid for our generation globally and then the message to a judeo-christian nation who has blasphemed god itself those messages are just as real looks like we're going to be going off the air on blog talk radio so you may want to shift over for just a moment to youtube or facebook if you want to continue on in this conversation i'm going to be going to our chat room right now and talking with some of our friends seeing what is happening so what, what is the point of saying this again? I don't know how, you, how long you've been listening to this platform. Have you really listened? Have you really paid attention? God's word has been unveiled like a scroll over these airwaves. God's word, his message, has been laid forth with simplicity and clarity and anointing. It is God's word that is there to direct your heart. That's why you've been tuning in. It's God's word. What you and I do with this message is critical to our eternal purpose that is in Christ Jesus. My heavy advice to those of you that tune in, honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Find out someplace on planet Earth, whether it's in Jerusalem, Israel, or Northwest Arkansas, to get to one of the feasts of the Lord. Get to the feast. You may be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people when you're honoring the Lord in his feast. Understand that there is kingdom business and activity taking place in the spiritual kingdom to which you have been invited and you have been granted access into. Find out what is going on in the spirit. Be encouraged. Be edified. Get strong. Go from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. Understand, if you participated in the feast of the Lord, that the bulk of your harvest is in the next two months. And by the time you come to the Feast of Tabernacles, you're going to have the sheaves in your hands. You're going to come with such a blessing, because that's how strong the, the, the blessing was for this year, and only God knows why. It's always a blessing, but there's something about a strength 
a breakthrough, a phenomenal release, mostly likened unto the children of Israel coming out of Egypt when in one day they spoiled the Egyptians. And the Egyptians laid all their gold and diamonds and jewels and clothing and everything upon them and said, get out of here. There's probably going to be a transfer of wealth to the people of God going into the wilderness during the three-and-a-half-year Great Tribulation. Don't squander your wealth away. Prepare everything. Prepare everything. Make things functional and aesthetically beautiful because that's how God created the universe. Aesthetically beautiful and functional. It's what we're doing with our work. It's what you should be doing with your work. And it's all in preparation for what God is preparing. He's told us. I don't believe any of us will have an excuse to say, my God, I didn't know this was going to happen. If you've been listening to this broadcast, we have clearly, precisely, simply laid forth the words of God, not our opinions, concerning the pre-tribulational rapture doctrine, which is false. It does not exist. So people have to be awakened to that reality so they could get into a preparation, even though they've wasted so much time. All this time they could have been preparing, they didn't because they were told that they wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, that's probably what happened to the Jewish people in Nazi Germany when the prophets were saying, get out of here, something really bad's coming. Others were saying, don't worry about it. We won't, you know, that's not a problem. And then finally they fled with nothing but their clothes on their back. And that's where you get movies like Defiance and and stuff like that. Shows actual uh, true stories about how thousands of Jewish people fled into the forest. Many of them died because of sickness, disease, the cold weather, but they had nothing the clothes on their back and maybe a few suitcases if they had them. Folks, we preached on the truth of a generation that will go into the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth and will have to have endurance and that God was telling us like Noah, prepare your ark. I'm bringing a flood into the earth, but in these last days, it's not a flood, it's fire. It's a fiery trial that's going to hit the earth. And so we should have been preparing all along. We have showed in Scripture why we should not be believing doctrines like pre-tribulational rapture or once saved, always saved, because if we're not careful and our love waxes cold and we begin to betray and hate one another, there's no salvation in that. We have to be cautious about what we believe. And because of the energy, the negative satanic evil energy that is coming, you have to be prepared. You just simply have to be prepared. So the violence in the city streets of America passed. They are simply declared and decreed, and we saw the preview. We saw the preview. So then it begs the question, how then shall we live? How then shall we live? Wise as serpents, gentle as doves, gentle as doves, cautious, sober, watchful, making ready, having a posture of being ready 
ladies and gentlemen, it's no longer a far-fetched story. You're looking at it. You are coming face-to-face with end-time Bible prophecy like no other generation in the history of the church age. Through modern technology, through artificial intelligence, by Israel becoming a nation after 1,900 years of dispersion plus, all the prophecies are in full force. And this generation that witnessed Israel become a nation since 1948 and a generation being 70 years and if by strength 80, Israel is 73 years old, which means there's seven years left to this generation, which Yeshua said. This generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. The greatest tribulation that the world has ever known is upon us. And either you and I will be in the wilderness being taken care of, or we will be kept and preserved by God supernaturally. We will be in a Goshen, we will be in an ark, or we will be among the untold multitude of Christian believers who are going into the great tribulation and are going to suffer the persecution and the tribulation and the hatred. But many are going to come out having washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 7. If we could, we would say to the satanic globalist agenda, And to the people that have been caught into these movements, we would say to them, repent. The eternal consequences of what you're doing for being a Muslim hater, you're a Muslim and you're you're, you're a hater of Jews and Christians and uh, democracy. You have hate in your heart, right? Or if you're an LGBTQ hater, you hate God. You blaspheme God. You hate morality. You hate what is right. I mean, the LGBTQ is more vicious than Al-Qaeda ever was, is the truth. And I would say to those that are participant in these hate-filled movements against God and those who belong to Christ, repent. But once the hook is in the soul, going to be almost impossible to see people in these movements repent. We would love to see radical Islamic terrorists and Muslims that believe the lie, Allah has no son. They are antichrist, according to the word of God. Muslims who do not believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God are antichrist. Unbelieving Jewish people Whatever, whoever they are who have rejected Messiah Yeshua are antichrist. Communists, Marxists, atheists, agnostics, antichrist. You would pray that there would be conviction and repentance. But instead, because of the lateness of the hour, these hate-filled movements, the LGBTQ community, hate-filled, these Islamic terrorists, these mystery Babylon secret societies that drink blood and have sex with little children, all that stuff going on, they are hate-filled movements. 
a lukewarm, compromised, tolerant Christianity is going into the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. The uncompromisingly righteous who are awake, who are preparing, seeking the face of God, being led by the Holy Spirit, are getting ready for the greatest journey of their life. Whether we live or whether we die, we want to make sure that our heart before God is genuine and sincere and full of faith, full of love, full of the fruit of the Spirit, filled with the divine nature and the golden character of Christ. This is so important. And then if you want to define love, I'll tell you that love is not the fairy, fluffy tones that we hear all the time. Love is Jesus Christ courting a whip and going through a temple. Love is calling them out, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, serpents, snakes, vipers, hypocrites. It's all love, if you understand where it's coming from. Speak the truth in love to the Islamic hater, to the communist hater, to the LGBTQ hater. Your soul will perish forever. You may kill the body of a truly born-again son or daughter of God, but our soul is in eternal life. You cannot have access to our soul. You may become like a Hitler and the, and the Nazis and try to destroy people's soul through experimentation, concentration camps, torture. But I want you to know you're not going to get everybody. But there will be those who will not bow their knee to your agenda. That hate-filled LGBTQ community, that hate-filled Islamic community, that hate-filled communist agenda, that hate-filled Mystery Babylonian agenda will be met with eternal separation from God, not with a big party in hell. We all got it. It ain't going to be that way. You are going to be tormented forever, and the smoke of your torment will go up forever and ever. You will have no rest day or night, and you will go into places that God said, because of your hatred and rejection, you deserve. So the call has always been, hey, repent. Turn away from your hatred for God and his son, Jesus Christ, and those who love him and honor him. Turn away from your blasphemy. But that unheeded call in a final generation and the Christian community is still scattered in their thinking about, wow, wow, what are we going to do? Is America going to survive? Is Donald coming back? Blah, 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 blah. Folks, we are so far past that. We are so far past that. If it were God's intended purpose for Donald Trump to be in the office, he would have been in the office. He will never make it back into the office of president of the United States as a 
Christian leader in moral righteousness will never happen. And to, and to be uh, thinking about that, to be involved in that kind of thinking is a distraction from what is right before your eyes. Right before your eyes. What I'm talking about are spiritual things, biblical things. Other people are just thinking in the carnal, earth, physical world of things. But spiritual, biblical things are here. And how do we prepare? How do we live? How do we walk every single day? Wisely. Wisely, with balance. Balance. See, the true Christian's love for these hate-filled movements is real. And if one ever repented, they would be easily received. I'm not joining Antifa, BLM, LGBTQ community, Islam, secret societies. I don't want anything to do with them. They are satanically inspired. They are evil. They are wicked. And their day of justice, their day of punishment and damnation is at the door. All right, that's it. I'm pretty sure, what are we at, 1045? And again, we were saying good morning to our friends out there. And I wanted to just say good morning to Shirley Wolseley. By the way, Shirley, if you're still plugged in, thank you for your your check that you sent. You sent it to Omega Radio. Uh, We do not have an Omega Radio account. Um, It would be the new wine ministry that you would want to send that to. Thank you for your, your check that you did send to the ministry. God bless you. It was a real blessing, and um, but just wanted you to know that. So I also see that Jean Companion Kittleson, okay, that was from La Boiga. Where are we now? Let's get into a little conversation going all the way down here. All right, Pastor, are you, okay, so there that is. Um, all right, sorry, 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 can't hear, you can barely hear, that was never Hector. All right. Good morning, saints. This is from Brother Brother Hector. Brother Vincent, thanks for truth and obedience to our Heavenly Papa. You're welcome, Hector. Sorry you weren't able to get on the air. We'll get that fixed. Uh, Sarah Anchorman was with us today. Facebook is messing with your feed. I rebuke Facebook and Satan for okay. Thank you. What are you reading from? Okay. Sorry to get that. Vanessa KM uh, gave some good comments. Laquita was with us. Hector was with us. Hector, we couldn't get the call in. Somebody uh, disguised their voice as you and came and did some crazy stuff. Uh, Megan Cotton was uh, on the air with us today as well. Vanessa, Wake Up Christian, Carol Carey, uh, 1,000-year flood hit China, breaking news, okay, Um, because he gave them up to a depraved mind. We got some good conversation was going on. Uh, Laquita says, America has wagged their finger in the face of God, telling him what is and is in sin long enough. It's the point of no return, no doubt. Uh, in the book of Furquan is all stating about Misha Isa Almasi. Okay, very good, Vanessa. Appreciate that information. All right, Wendy Bredesen said, take the word vaccination, add up the letters using man's number, six. For example, A equals six, B equals 12, C equals 18, et cetera. Not surprised at all. All right, there it is. I was thinking of doing the same thing about the word vaccination. Funny you said that. Wendy Bredesen, praise the Lord. <clears throat> I think that's it for us today. 
please consider what you heard. Um, also, as we come to the end of the month, if you would like to support financially this ministry, the way to do that is on the banner right now. If you're listening in on Facebook, uh, you could do it uh, a couple of ways. There is an nwmglobal.org. You can go there. Uh, you can also give on our, there's like a little app we have, the church app, and you could give also that way. But the easiest thing, omegaradio.org, nwmglobal.org, uh, both of those have donation tabs, or you can go to PayPal, and you could give on PayPal as well to New Wine Ministry. So a couple of ways you can give. Thank you for doing it, and uh, we certainly do appreciate that. Well, that's it for me today, and I hope this gave you some food for thought. Food for thought. Right now on Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's a live roundtable discussion with Patricia Joy Xavier and her roundtable group. Hope you're going to like that. Um, Praise the Lord. That's it right now. God bless. Have a super day. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, shalom.